Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is The Zwiftcast, coming up on this episode. Clubs, the silent revolution that's changing Zwift. We have an interview with the dude in charge. Disabled athletes' representation in-game. The pressure on Zwift to act grows. We ask HQ what their plans are, and they tell us. And what's that faint sound in the distance? Is it a bell tolling? Could it be the death knell for sandbaggers? Plus, all the Zwifty news and gossip from the regular crew, including the latest massive melodrama around racing as HQ climbs down and apologises after shadow banning a prominent community racer because he posted a recipe for a game exploit. We've got past the shortest day. We've had peak Zwift. The tour to Zwift has been and gone, but winter ain't quite done with us yet. And there's a ton of stuff kicking around in Zwiftlandia this month and next. And actually, there's a ton of stuff kicking off around Zwiftlandia at the moment in what might loosely be termed the whole indoor cycling space. I am therefore beyond delighted, indeed privileged, to be joined by two veritable giants of the scene, one with no hair and one with lots of hair to discuss all of this. I refer, of course, to my long-serving and knowledgeable Zwiftcasters, the shaven Aussie Shane Miller and the hissute Midwesterner Nathan Guerra. Well, here they are. You see what I did there? G'day, mate. How's the pate? Uh, things are going well, but if you've been following my Instagram, I've been fighting snakes and lizards and everything <laughs> late in summer. So just a standard day in Australia, I guess. Making the most of it, though. I've been out on the bike quite a bit. Uh, I assume you protect the pate out on the bike. I wear an aero helmet um, and lots of sunscreen, um, even when I'm not doing aero things. <laughs> that sun yeah, is pretty sunscreen. bad. Sunscreen is a bit of a religion in uh, in Australia for very good uh, very good reasons. Nathan, yo, dude, I've always wondered. Uh, known to your very best mates as Gorilla Guerra, is that because of your hairiness? I don't know. You guys made that up. <laughs> My best mates just call me your best mates. For those that don't know, the top secret spaces that Gorilla Guerra came out of you guys. You guys made Gorilla Guerra up. <laughs> anyway, no, it was autocorrect. It was autocorrect on your last name. So interesting enough, though, you guys started. So some people in the Zoo community started calling me this, but my dad actually had gorilla on the bottom of his first well what his most prized bmx bike actually it was like a little well, well, there you go. and i'll there always you go. remember that and he was always like this is how we ride a bike like you i remember hey. that being a thing, actually. well there we go it's not it's not just because you're a hairy beast okay let's get <laughs> away from this nonsense and get on with some stuff Given the darkness descending over Europe, this all seems a bit trivial, but it's what we do, so let's get on with it. 
Before we get what I know will be strong opinions from my fellow podcasters, let's start with some facts. Luciano Palastri is a prominent Zwift racer, a valued community member and a skilled writer who contributes on a regular basis to Zwift Insider. In real life, Luciano is a senior executive at a global digital company. He's not, as far as we can gather, a fool. A few days before Zwift's flagship e-racing event, the World Champs, endorsed by the UCI, Luciano posted an article on a burner blog about a game exploit which amounted to a recipe for how to cheat very effectively. Without any prior contact with Luciano, Zwift HQ shadow banned him for 30 days. That is, he could continue to use Zwift, but he'd be invisible. Luciano contacts Zwift to ask why. They tell him the reason, which is a clear breach of their terms of service. But as far as we can establish, they don't ask him at this point to take the post down. The blog post gets a lot of traction, which is merely increased as admins in various groups take down other posts pointing to the blog. Zwift also deletes at least one thread on their own forum. This has the opposite to the presumed intended effect. A faintly ludicrous a free Luciano hashtag gets going, with some suggesting the World Champs chat is flooded with it. Luciano finally is asked by Zwift to take down the original post, and he does. Zwift issue a lengthy statement on the forum, the main points of which are that the initial post claiming the exploit is undetectable is wrong, and that Zwift's servers can see what's happening, that publishing a recipe for an exploit is a breach of the platform's TOS, that the exploit can be spotted by other races and reported, that such reports are investigated by humans, and most importantly, that longer term, HQ is working on a fix for the exploits. A few loud voices in the forum, some may call them the usual suspects, claim the expert has been known to to HQ for two years and possibly as long as four years, and that Luciano has actually done the company a favour by pointing it out and therefore increasing pressure to fix it, and they make several other points relating to shooting the messenger. Those points are quite good points, and a poor approach to handling the whole issue. After mainstream cycling media, including crucially DC Rainmaker, run the story, Swift climbed down, with the CEO, Eric Min, issuing a personal statement. Luciano is unmanned and an apology is issued, and importantly, Swift announced a bug bounty programme which will allow exploits to be reported way, way more efficiently than the current somewhat shoddy system. And they add that the highlighted exploit will be fixed, no timeline, but one assumes pretty soon. Right, off we go. Well, my view first, what a mess. Um, as Eric Min said in his statement, I'm not sure, or worse to the effect of this, I'm not sure either the community or the company come out of this particularly well. Luciano should definitely have contacted Zwift before publishing. Zwift should have started a dialogue with Luciano early to stop this snowballing. Had this well-known exploit been fixed some time ago, none of this would have happened, or had Zwift said, which they did, uh, belatedly, we'll fix this by the next update, then none of this would have happened. I think that my main point is, is that this is all 
deeply, deeply unnecessary and could have been solved or at least heavily mitigated had someone, a person, a human being, as we've talked to Luciano. Uh, that's not a hard thing to do. He's not hard to find. There has been throughout a conduit from him to HQ through our friend Eric Slange. If you'll forgive the highly inappropriate topical reference, George Orr is always better than War War. Uh, but after a 48-hour dumpster fire, that is finally what seems to have happened, and the adults entered the room. Eric Min and other senior figures got involved, and a very, very sensible set, set of steps was taken, which should perhaps have been taken 48 hours earlier. It had to be done, actually, because this mess was in real danger of screwing up the world, but it also had to be done because it was the right thing to do. And finally, it did get done. Now, Shane... Uh, we've had some very interesting conversations offline about this, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, mate. <laughs> I I think you see this not strictly in hero versus villain terms. Uh, I, I wear many different hats, and the original hat that I used to wear was information sec or IT security. So things are done a little differently in regard to similar incidents that take place with IT sec. So first of all, I questions uh, two questions for you, Simon. Though, so Luciano says this was an attempt to have Zwift resolve the issue. Correct. I believe those were his intentions. I do believe those were his intentions. I don't think he was making mischief. I do think he yep. had he, he had a good intention at heart. But the issue hasn't been resolved at all. The issue still exists. Well, as far as I know, it still exists. I mean, I don't right. try to cheat in racing because I don't race. But, yeah. Radio. Okay. So, look, the way I see it, there's two ways to get the fire department to your house. Number one. <laughs> You can call the emergency phone number, report a fire, and they'll attend. Number two, you can just set your house on fire and wait, and they'll eventually arrive. <laughs> this is a little bit like number two. However, the whole drama can't be quite as easily condensed down into a simple analogy because Eric from Zwift Insider was on the phone to the fire department when Luciano set fire to the house because he thought they'd already been called. But don't worry, analogy Eric has got out unharmed. He is okay. But uh, look, in all seriousness, this is a mess on many, many levels. And people are arguing different things from different perspective based on the information that they have with a lot of assumptions being made all along the way. I've seen a number of posts questioning the responsibility of disclosure. Again, putting on my previous IT security hat. Now, I'm not talking about or I wouldn't expect the responsibility of disclosure of the bug, exploit or issue, which apparently was already known, but even that's being debated. I'm talking about the prior disclosure of the report that was to be published. And as per my analogy, Eric from Zwift Insider was attempting to assist in this instance, seeking a response from Zwift, given the consequences that would arise if this how-to that really wasn't a how-to was released to the public. Now, jumping ahead, the article was published with what I understand, no dialogue with Zwift. Now, the link was then promoted by the author with varying levels of success in different discussion groups, uh, but it wasn't until the shadow ban was actually handed down that shit really hit the fan, which resulted in a lot more attention being drawn to the post. Look, given the information people had access to at the time and still have access to now, I understand how this blew up. Um, this went on to be one of the hottest topics on the pixel bike scene since as far back as, well, <laughs> two, two weeks ago when WTRL asked for our password. The, um, the yeah. HQ retraction or what I'm calling the PR patch was issued as expected just before the UCI world, Simon, as you'd mentioned there, for a very good reason. The chat would have been hijacked, which would have been very unfair to the worlds, the races, everybody involved in that. So... What I've seen here from every follow-up post by the key players or websites inserting themselves into this drama, it just continues to play out like days of our lives. And the media loves a good headline 
It has been interesting uh, being across this from a distance, uh, reading Luciano's reactions and comments to all the posts being made and seeing which media outlets fly in and feed on this carcass and ultimately seeing how Zwift will address this latest jitstorm on the platform. Uh, as always, hindsight is twenty twenty, and history as a good predictor of the future. So I guess we all just have to stay tuned for the next Whiffcast to be across the latest drama of the next flare-up, which uh, probably hasn't happened yet. Well, that's a very philosophical view. Uh, it, it differs from what, slightly from what you've said privately, but I'm sure you've got your reasons for not voicing I've had many conversations, those. as always, the private conversations, the ones people want to hear, but uh, they're not the ones that sometimes people need to hear. <laughs> so well, I've had a lot of conversations on this. Uh, again, it's really hard to... Um, to respond to this in any way that doesn't put, I guess, everyone looking pretty bad in a bad light. As um, Eric's resp- um, response said, uh, the official response from Eric Min, like I think we all could have done better. Um, yeah. And as I said, of, of course, that, that's that's a given, given given this how this blew up and nobody read the room. Um, but again, this is going to blow over. This will be done next week. It's probably going to be patched in a couple of weeks. We're done. Um, good job to Luciano there for bringing it up. Uh, a known exploit. Um, I've got 99 others, and this wasn't one. <laughs> okay, my turn. Well, yeah, I, I mean, using using your using your house on fire analogy, using your house on fire analogy, the statements. I mean, he did put the fire out. That was like 5,000 fire hydrants directed at the fire, all of which were very effective very quickly. Um, Nathan. A number of troubling uh, aspects to this whole affair. Uh, But at the actual heart of it, regardless of people's behaviour around it, which I think was less than exemplary in kind of on both sides, if you want to portray it as a a, a side thing, but at the heart of this is the the exploit, okay, which – and the Zwift statement was a little bit odd for me, relatively unknown within Zwift were the words that we used. Now, can you have relatively unknown or can you have known or unknown? I mean, you either knew about it or you didn't. And I've seen a post, I don't know how informed they are, there may well be complete guesswork, but I've seen posts saying that this could have existed for two years and I've seen one one source, actually a very authoritative and reliable source, who said it, it's been known for as long as four years. Um we will probably know, never know where the truth of of, the, of that lies, but regardless of what went on around it, the exploit itself is really worrying. Well, I mean, honestly, I was told about this way before Luciano, so I knew, like, I, I just kind of ignored it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a thing, okay, and I like, maybe I, probably, maybe I should have done a Luciano. No, so... Um, this, um, I mean, okay, as far as like rights and wrongs and all that kind of stuff goes, like this idea that um, Luciano was some sort of uh, hero or bad guy, here's what I want to I say to that. To you too, I want to ask, do you really think anything would have been done about it as soon as it will now? Yeah, well, that's no. a good point. That Absolutely good point. not. Like, and look, he, like, is he a martyr, but you know, hero, blah, 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 whatever. What's the outcome? Zwift is going to pay attention to this real quick. So the outcome is that this is going to get fixed probably way, way quicker. I mean, would this have been put on some back burner for a really, 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 really long time or even been unrelatively known if someone didn't put a big fire up and be like, hey, hello, this is actually, people can do this. I don't. 
I don't know. Like there's a whole lot of stuff that people complain about all over the place. That doesn't the bug bounty will like- want to be in place very, very quickly because this sets a precedent that sets the house. This sets the whole street on fire. Holy hell, the town's on fire. Good night. Oh, <laughs> if this is actually the way to get things done, that bug bounty needs to be done now. Well, yeah, but, but the thing is, yeah, but Shane, Nathan does have a really good point here. Okay, it might have been, use whatever words you like, it might have been a little bit naive, it might have been a little bit unpre- unprofessional, it might have been a little bit rash, it might have been a little bit ill-considered, but the outcome is that an exploit that existed in the game for a long time is now going to be fixed pronto. Now, that's got to be a po- good thing, Shane. Possibly fixed? It's not fixed yet. But that has nothing to do with Luciano. We just, I mean, that has to do with Zwift. Whether or not they respond at this point, okay, but that has nothing to do with his action. Now it has a ton of attention, and if it doesn't get fixed, well, that's even more of like, what are you doing? Why isn't, you know, so, I I don't know. And whether or not I like his actions, Luciano's not beholden to me. He's beholden to some TNCs, and Zwift can do whatever the heck they want to him, right? But And they did, and that caused a problem. And they did, and that was, Mm -hmm. yeah, and that was a problem. So, I mean, like... He's just a guy who, I mean, he doesn't have any of these ties to anything. And you, you, when when someone shows up that doesn't have anything to lose, <laughs> well, you see what happens. He was like, whatever, I'm going to do this, you know. So, and it's, I don't think he did anything, quote unquote, wrong. Um, I think that, uh, you know, and, and it was attention seeking and that whole thing. Maybe I don't know. Um, I actually rode bikes with him. I rode, rode the chase race with him, and I. I think he was shadow banned still, but he was in the discord and he was like, I can't see or something about, I was like, can you see people or can I see you? I don't know what, it was kind of funny. And we were all kind of just laughing about it, but uh, he raced the chase racers on Friday. He's a nice guy. He's really good natured guy and everything. And really, really um, out there. He's very loud and happy, you know, kind of a dude, but um I don't yeah. think I don't I don't I genuinely don't think he was acting maliciously. I I I I don't think he could have foreseen how how it snowballed and he found himself at the center yeah, of a I don't year. Think, yeah, I don't think yeah. that that was there either, but um there's definitely like whoa, this wasn't the expected response. And I think Road CC, in my opinion, road.cc, I read the article from them, said a really good like landscape of how this functions maybe in some other game spaces. Um mm. so you know, whenever there is some sort of a, you can do this bug or that bug, um, you know, using them definitely is looked down upon until the developer can get on top of it. Uh, but the people who expose it, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think they usually get like uh, any kind of penalties against them or anything like that. It's well, like, you, say, you, you say that, Nathan, but I mean, if you look in corporate history, Actually, it rarely ends well for whistleblowers. It really does rarely end well. Now, that may be that, that may be completely wrong, you know, ethically, mm-hmm. morally. It probably is, but it does rarely end well. Okay, I, I want to move the conversation on. There's, there's two issues I want to explore. One we don't, we can't possibly know the answer to, but we'll speculate because that's what we do. Maybe the reason this hasn't been fixed is because it's really, 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 really hard to fix. Shane. I mean, could this just be, it's been sitting there and sitting there and Swift have known about it, but they can't fix it. We just don't know. There's a lot of people no. on, on the forum saying, oh, I'm in computer science, so I'm a, a major in COBOL or something, I don't know, um, saying it's easy to fix, here's the code, or here's how to do it, um, yeah, without yeah. actually well, talking that, I'm, to I'm, the people. That, we, that, we I am sure will be, will, will be yeah. nonsense. But, yeah. We have absolutely no idea. We have absolutely no yeah. idea whatsoever. Hmm. It, hmm. it seems well, like it would be trivial. But, but maybe it's not. 
could Maybe be anything. Not. Who knows? Yeah. It's Swift. But we don't know that. Okay, second faction. I'll come to you on this show, and I'll come back to you, Nathan. Again, looking at the positive outcomes from this, and there aren't many, but there is one, which is the Zwift have announced a bug bounty program, uh, which arguably should have been there in the first place. Um, uh, for those who don't know how that works, that means that uh, there is a, a proper, uh, one would hope, fairly slick channel where you can report a bug. Uh, um, there will be a, 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 a stated timeline to fix it, and I, I think even if you report it, you can get a reward. But anyway, it's pretty industry standard. And Zwift have not had it. Now, that has to be a good thing, Sean. Absolutely. Yes. Um, it puts a framework in place for, uh, to allow people to responsibly disclose things that they find, <clears throat> be them new, be them old, be them disclosing in a way that can be used in different ways and things. Um, that's the way to do it. However, managing that is very, very tough um, because, again, they will set a timeline on the fix of that um, before you know, said reporter could go out and publish documentation on that. Um, it's a huge overhead. It needs to be in place, though. It's part of being a responsible software company to have something like that in place. So fingers crossed that's done ASAP. As I said, this sets a crazy precedent if this is how to get things done. As I said, I've got a famous list of 100 things I'd like fixed on Zwift, and this wasn't one of them. <laughs> so do I make 100 videos you know, blowing things up, or do we sit and wait for the bug bounty to come along? I'd wait for the bug bounty. So let's see. Big moves, though, big moves if that does um, be put in place. But it also then becomes becomes an incentive for people to find bugs. So it yes. invites people in who may not have been digging around before. Yeah. Um, but at the yeah. end of the day, a better product. And I think that's what we're always championing for, a better product. So let's see how that unfolds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, casting around for the positives, Nathan, this is one, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Just having uh, attention paid to this i mean i don't think it's just finding the bugs it's probably also just more attention paid to then like if if the company is going to be putting resources behind finding these then they're obviously going to do more than to fix these you know it's going to be a, a, a ramping up of all of that so uh you probably will see a lot more attention paid to stuff that's been um you know, plastered in either um reddit pages or i mean there's there's a couple of different facebook pages and groups I can think of that specifically, you know, have different um, bugs or things that they would like to see fixed. And I have a feeling it's probably going to get inundated up front, but it'll definitely get more attention. And that's a great thing. And on the development side too, I think, I don't think it'll just be the bounty side. I think the development side will get more attention then too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was an entertaining few days to be on, on the outside of as, a, as an interested observer. I'd say I'm, I'm glad I wasn't on the inside of it. But, um, yeah, we finally got there. The adults arrived in the end, thank God. Okay, well, I think we've uh, thrashed that one to death. Let us move on. Okay, well, this ep, we're going to take a little look at Something which very quietly, almost invisibly, in fact, is completely changing Swift. The long-awaited and much-anticipated club's functionality is now live for all Swifters. But the very invisibility of this feature is quite the paradox. I mean, it's not invisible if you're using it, of course, and it's not totally invisible on the platform. But compared to a lot of features, it's kind of low profile. Unless you're a member of a club or get invited to a club, it's very difficult to... To see it, you know, it's it's there is no 
as they say, discoverability. Now, that, that is being worked on, as we'll hear shortly. Um, many, many Zwifters are already in those, character, uh, those categories of being a member or getting invited to a club, and that is only going to grow. So we'll discuss this paradox in a little while, but let's kick off with what you come to the Zwiftcast for. Interviews with actual people at the actual codeface. Eddie Lee is clubs at Zwift. He's in charge of the whole shooting match. He makes it work. Sounds like the kind of guy we need, huh? Well, welcome to the Zwift Castelli, King of Clubs. You see what I did there? How are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Well, listen, before we get into the deep dive into the detail on clubs, let's get a quick sense of Eddie. How long have you been at Zwift? Do you ride a bike? I, I joined Zwift probably a little over a year ago now. I do ride a bike. I actually did get into uh, cycling after I joined Zwift, so it's something that I did as a kid. Where were you before before Zwift, Eddie, just very briefly? Yeah, I was um, at a bank in in the US called Capital One. They're one of the major banks here. And I worked on the mobile app. So we were rebuilding a mobile app from the ground up uh, and spent about four years building that. Um, well, look, one of the most eagerly awaited developments in Zwift is, is clubs, you know, because it puts so much control into the hands of the community. But hey, it's been a long wait. I mean, I think all Zwifters know that really the kind of plague got in the way big time of the development process. Was, was that the case? Um, well, there's a couple things that happened with clubs. Um, you know, for example, I came into the project uh, about midway. So, um, you know, before that, there were just a lot of people that came and uh, left the project. So uh, either they left the company or moved on to another project. So there are a lot of starts and stops. And naturally, when there's a lot of starts and stops, uh, things get slowed down. So that was one aspect of it. Um, another aspect was that the system that we were building out, we're like, as you said, we're putting the control into the hands of the community. Uh, we did have to make sure that the event creation and all the systems behind it can scale with, you know, giving it to the user's hands. So um, we just had to make sure that technically we can support that once we were to uh, enable this for all users. Um, and lastly, I think we're just trying to do too much, right? We wanted clubs to be such the amazing experience that we want to give to the community. Um, and we kind of bit off more than we could chew in the beginning. How big is your team now, Eddie? How many, how many people are working on it? Um, so there's, I would say the core group engineering group is about 12 people. Um, but beyond that, there are, you know, obviously people in uh, product marketing, uh, a lot on the content side, support from our, our customer support team as well. A lot of stakeholders involved. As it stands at the moment, describe clubs to a newbie Zwifter for us. Uh, but clubs is really a, a platform to create and connect with communities on Zwift and also to create and join shared experiences. From a community perspective, uh, it's the first time you can actually create an identity, right? Where people can belong to, whether uh, that aligns with your interests, whether you're a competitive team, whatever that may be, you can go and create a community and you can easily organize, communicate, and be a part of something that is persistent on our platform. You could create these shared experiences in cycling and running with a large global set of uh, a community members. So down the road, I do see, can we bring in maybe your own leagues? Can you bring in maybe uh, your own routes? Maybe you design your own course for maybe a crit, for example. As I think to the future, how do we create more shared experiences outside of just events? 
Um, and that's kind of the lens that I'm looking through. It is now available to all Zwifters. You know, it will uh, get increasingly sophisticated. But can a wise owls like my good friend Shane Miller reckon the functionality will be an absolute game changer for Swift? Do, do you think he's right, Eddie? Yeah, I do think he's right because what we're kind of going down is uh, user-generated content, a basic tool set for users to create these awesome events um, and awesome content on a platform in the way that they imagine and the way that they want to drive it. So outside of Zwift, creating every single event and going through this process, empowering the community Zwift to do that, I think will be a game changer. And I do see down the road where user-generated events or content in general will surpass what Swift will do. The slight paradox with it, Eddie, is that for such a huge development, which does have such significant consequences, it's kind of invisible, really. It doesn't kind of show up in the game because all the events are private. Are there, are there any plans to change that? Yes, right now it's not there, but uh, the design team right now, we're really going through how we can improve content discovery in general. It's really difficult to look up what's coming up for for events. We are taking a look at all the different channels, whether it's Swift created content, community created content like uh, the Herd or 3R, club content and meetups. How do we combine all that into an experience that's easy to navigate, to search and discover content through? And that hasn't necessarily been done as of yet, but it is in the works to make it easier to find uh, what you want to do on Zwift. Um, I know you're a little reluctant, to, <clears throat> excuse me, to talk numbers because it's pretty early days and some cl- clubs might form and wither on the vine and others might might flourish. So I think it's going to be a while before a kind of pattern settle, settles down. But can you give us some impression, some sense of how popular it is so far? In the last week, there were 4,000 club events and we haven't been out fully. I think it's been about three weeks now. So that surpassed how many events Zwift creates on a weekly basis. So it is doing better than we expected. I mean, I know, obviously, with the launch of such a significant feature, you'll be sitting on community feedback very closely. What's what's emerged from that in terms of likely prioritized new features? Do people want what you expected them to want that's not quite there yet? I've been very, very close to all the community feedback. Um, I'm very active in the forums. And some things that emerged through uh, clubs just being out for a little bit is the lack to engage with uh, the lack of tools to engage with your club members. So there's a lack of push notifications, for example. So if you're not actively checking Swift Companion, you don't really know if there's a new event or there's any chat going on. So that's something that we've actively prioritized uh, and we're trying to get in for the next release, actually. We are looking at how we can unlock the ability to create more event types. So workouts is the top right now when it comes to you know creating a specific type of event. Um, you can't right now create a group workout in Zwift without Zwift actually creating it for you. So that's something that we definitely want to get into our users' hands. Another thing is we want to create racing or time trial modes. I know that it's a, it's a smaller group of people, but um, you know, if you're not going through WTRL, for example, or Zwift time trial, like there's no way that you can create a, a TT event. So it'd be great to have that into our users' hands as well. Uh, and obviously, uh, lastly, I do want to address uh, club identity. So we want to have, you know, club kits, 
your club represented on your avatar or maybe in your Swifters nearby. But bringing that identity into the game and into Watopia when you're writing is, is definitely on the top of the list. Thanks for very much indeed for coming on the Swiftcast and talking to us about it. Thanks a lot, Eddie. Thank you so much. Uh, so 4,000 events in a week. Uh, this is the first time we've heard any numbers, by the way. Quite interesting, this. 4,000 events in a week. That's 570 a day or 24 an hour. Around about one every two and a half minutes. Averaged out, of course, some periods will be even busier. And it's only been going a couple of weeks. And it is still quite limited. You can only join three clubs and clubs have a restricted membership. Not much doubt, Shane, that this is only going to grow and it really, really is going to be massive. What do you want to see them doing next to to, 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 to push it along or make it more usable? Look, first of all, as an admin of the club, I think I found a bug. Should I spin up a WordPress site or should I? Re- I'm just kidding. Calm down, everybody. Calm down. <laughs> I've got to have a bit of fun at some point. Um, look, yeah, it, it needs to keep rolling. The momentum here needs to keep growing. People were waiting for clubs for a very long time. It has rolled out. It can't roll out and go to first gear. It's got to get second gear, third gear, fourth gear, throw it in overdrive, let's go. It's got to have discoverability. Uh, there needs to be more options, steering on, off. There needs to be ability to do maybe stage racing, look out. Um, all the things that you can think of need to be thrown up on the whiteboard, ticked off, and away we go. It, it's, I'm really hoping this month's update, uh, or what month are we in? I'm, I'm actually, I'm ahead of the future. We're in March. Um, it, it needs to keep rolling. Um, if not, it's going to stop in first gear and may not get the traction that it needs to. So that's what it needs. Just more continual yeah, development. I, I, you know, I think Eddie explained, you know, why it had kind of launched and then stalled and then stalled again and then stalled a bit more. He did explain that quite well in the interview, actually. And he's now got a team of 12 working on it. And it is, it is invested with a lot of importance within Swift. This. So, I, I, you know, I think you're right. It does need to keep rolling. And I, I actually think, I, I think it will. I, I think we'll see quite strong developments relatively quickly on that. Nathan, uh, clubs to change the face of racing and in fact the way the entire community works, is that overstating the case? It depends on um, how much, I mean I think it can but it depends on how much I think Shane really hit it there just like if it actually gains some steam with discoverability is so key because within the clubs that I'm in, interacting with, there's a couple of extra steps at this point. And there's also not like, I don't know, why does Facebook keep me coming back? It doesn't as much anymore, more Instagram, but why is Instagram, why do these places keep me coming back is because I get notifications. I kind of get interactivity. I get people kind of trying to make me a part of a community. And I just don't, I'm not sure, like I have to go in, go and find the club and see if anybody's posted anything in a forum. And unless I'm already really invested in that forum space and those event spaces, I almost feel like some of the people in the clubs right now are like going back to meetups. You know, they're going back to, well, at least I can get people's attention this way. Um, so like getting attention to the club and what it can do and how much it can do is really, really important, I think. So, yeah, well, I mean, Eddie, sorry, 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 sorry to interrupt, but uh, Eddie said that, you know, notifications within the club member network is an absolute priority. And I think that goes straight to your point, doesn't it? It does, because the new, and that's great, because a lot of the, I do have um, in one of my clubs, it's it's a lot of new Zwifters or people who really are just in around the winter. And, uh, you know, I'm a mountain biker and some of the, like one of my, one of the teams I'm a part of is a major 
pretty much mountain bike team. And like, they're like, okay, well I'll use this platform if we're all going to hang out. And then they're like, but I got to do a B and there's a whole, it was almost like getting set up was enough. And then it was like even more stuff that was in the way of them even being able to interact in these spaces and it wasn't making sense to them. And you feel like they're throwing their hands in the air a little bit. So, um, yeah, just that, that would be really great is, is that side of things and really making sense of like how admin stuff works and how do you interact with that? And there's some learning curve. There's just some learning curve that needs people need to get past because it's a great function. Uh, but there's a reality that a lot of the people who want to do the club stuff and the people who are being handed responsibility with the club stuff, um, might not be super users, you know, they might not be those then. So, uh, definitely needs dev on that side. If for that to be changed the racing community, because I do think it can, I do really, really think that we can have this whole space where, um, the best of the best organizers could come forward and really grow some awesome racing, but the functionality needs, it's not going to do anything without functionality. Like the only reason that you're going to be able to change the face of racing is if you have functions to do new things that you couldn't do already, like call or I don't know, there's so many different options, right? Within racing that you could come up with in order to be really creative. And, uh, and, and the options just aren't, you know, completely there yet. So. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to come. It is a silent revolution at the moment, but I think it's going to get more noisy. I mean, I think the whole discoverability thing is tied up with the redesign of the homepage and all of that stuff. So it, it, it is happening. It's definitely happening. Okay, moving on, because we do have a lot to discuss, and this is heading for a world record length, judging on the amount of stuff that's on my script still to come up. So let's keep moving. Okay, the rumours are swirling. The rumour mill has been grinding them out. One rumour has a wick a vague whiff of credibility, maybe more. Others, I think, are at the outer edges of believability. So, the might, maybe, could happen one is that Zwift may be about to acquire or merge with or somehow marry or, I don't know, get engaged to, whatever, train a road. Uh, the you're kidding me rumour is that Apple, Amazon, or may the good Lord preserve us from such nonsense, even Zwift, is about to take over the troubled Palason. Ain't gonna happen. However, both of these things are of much interest to us indoor riders, and we'll try to answer the question, how has Peloton so comprehensively mucked it up? I did say mucked it up. Explicit content advisors be aware, but I could have said the other word that rhymes with that. Uh, more on that later. But the slightly less head-scratching one first. Uh, Ray Maker published this evidence, such as it is, but it must be said that offline, or Zwift obsessives had winkled this one out some weeks prior to that. Um, um, Ray's evidence was that Eric Min went to Reno, Nevada. Trainer Road is based in Reno, Nevada. Ergo, Zwift is going to acquire Trainer Road. Uh, there are a few more loose links around than that, but much of the speculation has stemmed from stalking Eric's social media. The thing is, though, it kind of makes sense. So, the informed, the knowledgeable view, Shane, uh, two things, mate. One, rate the likelihood of this and then say words on why this is not the craziest thing in this space. 
Say words. Say, say words. Oh, I've got some words because Reno, that's got gambling and drugs. I mean, <laughs> Eric could have been there for that. We don't know. I remember signing some paper that said we weren't supposed to say things like that. So I'm just speculating. I, I, I know Eric Mill mean quite well. I don't think he was Coke and Hookers. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I've got, I've got to start words. off with humor. I've got to start off with humor. Hang on. I wasn't sure we were talking about those words. <laughs> okay, look, this has been fun over on the Trainer Road Forums. First up, over on the Trainer, I've got to say, the Trainer Road Forums are one of the good places of the internet to get just commentary on everything. And anything Zwift related usually sort of trickles in over there. Anything Trainer Road and Zwift related, oh, it's fire. Uh, this has been a great thread to follow. This is, I'm trying to find it now. No one's tweeted, or I was going to say tweeted, no one's commented for a while. So it's probably, uh, and they're probably happy with that, that it's sinking, sinking, sinking. But it is, it was a huge thread. Look, it was interesting to put this together. Um, likelihood of happening, uh, to be honest, I'd like to see it happening. I like to see change, positive change. And if, yeah. again, assuming this will be a positive change, um, yeah, merging the two would be great. The Trainer Road Data Library, their data mining, their AI stuff, what they keep developing in regards to, you know, where things should be going and where they are taking things is, can I say it, light years ahead of where Zwift is at the moment. Zwift has some great training plans. That's fine. They'll get most people a structured workout, a structured plan, be consistent, you'll improve. Trainer Road are on another level. So to merge those two, give people the option, you know, the option of the social side of things, though social brings a whole other can of worms um, that we have discussed. Uh, the two would be perfect. What I'm surprised, okay, hang on. Let me, let me give a, a likelihood of this, 50%, 50-50 on this. I'm, on, I'm straight on the fence. I've got a lot of chamois cream on and I'm sitting on the fence. Um, <laughs> the response from this has been actually quite positive for some. I mean, some things are very polarizing. This has been, I wouldn't call it straight down the middle, but a lot of people are acknowledging that Zwift is the social side and the racing side and Trainer Road yep. is the serious training side. So why yep. not somehow merge those things together? Maybe and in a one, way we one, haven't thought of One platform could do both. And one platform one could do both. One subscription, I think, well. is the incentive too. So a lot of people are paying for both already because they respect yep. what both platforms do. They don't, I mean, technically they compete. Anything where you're sitting a bum on a bike in front of a well, you're competing for attention, and they both do that. But a lot of people do both at the same time. It's going to save people some money. Um, I know Nate is uh, having trouble with the grandfathered pricing training plan that he's promised never to raise raise prices for people. So that's put him in a sticky situation. Um, that's another that's trainer. The, that's the other Nathan. That's the trainer yeah, road, Nathan. Not, not oh, sorry, 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 Nate. I don't yeah, have yeah, any yeah, problems yeah. with any grandfathered <laughs> pricing that I know of. Uh, with any uh, so, cycling situations. Again, <laughs> like another topic we've talked about today, there's a lot of assumptions, a lot of half information, there's a lot of speculation, but this one has a lot of good excitement around it. Um, it's, so, got the, it's got the kind of ring of truth. It could be true, hasn't it? You know, yeah, it's got that sort of ring of truth about it. I've heard of crazier things. So yeah. uh, personally, I like to see it. I, lo I love seeing things move forward. Um, and... I don't see how that could fail if they present it in a in a way that people can maintain their their training. Um, if you're a hardcore trainer road user and you absolutely love erg mode, this just adds to that. Um, I don't think any platform would take anything away. So if you're paying for both subscriptions, if you could just pay for one, you're going to win. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. The, the the um the the integration uh, of the two two 
platforms might be might be fun but thank god i don't know how to even think about that uh, nathan one of the reasons that, that this could be seen to make sense is that trainer road is like already as shane has said already doing stuff that hardcore swifters would love i mean probably the standout feature there is adaptive training which uses machine learning to well adapt your training to when life gets in the way while still within reason keeping you on on track for goals and the people who use that actually love it um, they've also got, um, as, as Shane has hinted at, a, a super strong content lineup on on several different platforms. Their podcast is great, actually, really excellent. In other words, if Swift kind of acquired all this, it would be a series of very quick wins for them. You would have thought. Yeah, I I'm like eighty five percent ish that this is going to happen. Like I I don't know. I'm pretty like yeah, that's just a no brainer. Mm. Um, I think the guided content that would come in too is something that Zwift kind of uh, is really looking for in my opinion on this side of things. So um, I've got all these cool ideas in my head about like guided, how you level up through Zwift now and like how you like take on the different worlds and different areas, but through the trainer road content that's added in Anyways, it's like there's some cool stuff that could happen, I think, bringing in all of that amount of guided workout content that Trainer Road does have, because that is something that you jump into the workout library currently and you kind of just shoot at the dartboard a little bit, it feels like to me, versus what Trainer Road is focused on for the longest time is just you know, like looking at a graph. <laughs> so like that's that whole side of things is definitely um, you're just getting work. You know what I mean? You're getting the workouts. So, um, and a lot of people come into my chats in my personal streams, not in ZCL because that's about more esports spaces and ask for coaching essentially like ask, where can I find this? What can I do this? And what should I be using on Zwift? And it, it, that's what clicked in my head actually was those conversations that I have when this was mentioned, I was like, Oh, this is how this is answered through a, should I the the is the word curated banned here because we were like saying we shouldn't have curated Zwifting, but it, there is some need for that guidance, I think for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've had occasion to talk to Zwift HQ a number of times over the past couple of weeks um, around various issues. Um, and at the end of one conversation, I said I did say to my uh, my friend that I, I know you're gonna, not going to tell me anything about this, but what's happening with Trainer Road? And he said, I cannot say. A single word about that. I'm taking that as pretty much confirmation that this deal's on, actually. But <laughs> I didn't say well, that. You didn't wasn't give... there a song, You Say It Best, but yeah. you say nothing at all? Who, who sang yeah. that one? Was that Meatloaf? R.I.P. Meatloaf. You're delving back closer to my era there, Shane. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, it is one to keep a close eye on. I mean, I, I think it would be great. Actually, I just, you know, a merger of those two things, it would strengthen Zwift where Zwift is a little weak. And... Uh, uh, as Shane says, you know, a lot of people have two subs. Uh, it would really strengthen the, the Zwift offering. So keep an eye on uh, Eric Min's travel plans, people. Okay, we'll discuss the shenanigans. Talk uh, Eric Min. Make sure you stalk Eric Min. <laughs> He's always on Watopia. He's always on where, where is that place? <laughs> we'll discuss the shenanigans at Peloton later on if we don't run out of time because that has been uh, – I was going to to say amusing. I mean, it's not amusing because people have lost their jobs, but my God, they've messed things up there. We'll get to that later. Right on. 
Okay, forgive me, listeners. I'm going to jump on my hobby horse for a little while. Uh, you can forgive me, or even better, you can join me. Several times over the past hundred or so episodes, I've featured adaptive cycling for disabled or differently abled riders. More specifically, how cool it would be for Swift to accurately represent disabled riders with, for example, an avatar for hand cyclists or, for example, more assistance for visually impaired riders. I've pressed CEO Eric Min on this a couple of times in interviews with him, and he's made generally supportive noises, but nothing has actually happened. I pressed Zwift's head of diversity on it too, a good while ago now, several months, but nothing has actually happened. There are many causes that Zwift actually do support, and I'm completely cool with that. It's very on point for companies to hitch their wagon to certain causes, and it's a good thing. They're trying to right injustice. But when a tiny competitor operating on a fraction of the budget that Zwift has available, I'm talking about RGT, can introduce avatars into their game, which accurately represent disabled athletes and Zwift can't, well, a few people are beginning to lose patience with that. As Zwifter Andy Shuttleworth is one of them, and he's now actively campaigning on it. All the way through March, Andy is asking Zwifters to ride in the Zwift Grey Camo 2 kit. I changed mine just the other day. And to put the words either adaptive athletes or adaptive advocates in their name in game. The aim is to draw attention to this excellent course, try to make a bit of noise, and maybe try to get this a, be a bigger blip on Zwift HQ's radar. Here's Andy. Andy, hello, and congratulations on a terrific campaign, which I am very, very happy to fully support. Thank you, Simon. It's great to be here. Why? Why did I get involved and why did I start the campaign? Well, um, I got into Zwift a couple of years ago. I'm a disabled adaptive rider, rider trike, and I did most of my racing and riding through Help for Heroes and the Invictus Games Foundation. And of course, with lockdown, that disappeared. And I was introduced to Zwift by a very good friend. And I resisted for ages. I thought it was a you know, damn silly thing to do, playing games on, the, on your bike. And of course, having ridden it once, I was hooked. I got really into it. But it's annoying. I ride a trike in the real world. My friends ride trikes or hand bikes or upright trikes or blind friends ride tandems. Um, but we're forced to ride these damn silly upright things in Zwift, and it's wrong. It's more than annoying, isn't it? it? As you say, it's wrong. I mean, representation is a big deal. You ought to be able to see yourself in the game. Well, you ought to be able to see yourself and represent yourself to other riders as you are. You know, when they see me grinding up the Alps, up the Zwift, slowly, slowly, that's what happens in real life. And, I, and I'm not ashamed that I ride a trike. I can't physically ride an upright. So why not be that way in, in the game? And when you look at society as a whole, something they reckon now between 10 and 20% of people have some sort of disability. Now, look at the other campaigns that Zwift have jumped on the bandwagon of. So Black Lives Matter. In the US, which probably has a larger black population than the UK, 14% of the population are black. Um, if you look at the gay LGBT community, that's about 5%. And yet Zwift have bent over backwards to help all these people, yet the disabled community, which is far, far bigger, isn't being represented. Yeah, well, I have some sympathy with that view, whilst not dissenting from those campaigns, because companies can choose, do you know, they can choose to attach themselves to whichever causes that they, they wish to do so, and, and they are fighting injustice 
on those on those fronts there. But I think your point your point is the disabled constituency is in fact larger than those two constituencies. Yeah, it, it, it's a difficult one. You know, all these guys, as, as you say, all the campaigns that Zwift have been involved in are absolutely admirable. And I wouldn't say you should do one and not do something else. But there are large numbers of disabled riders. When I ride normally, I probably spot one hand biker every time I go out to ride in Zwift or out of the trika. When you do the number crunching, there are meant to be about 150,000 trikes in the world, recumbent trikes. That's all compared to a billion bikes, upright bikes. So to see one in in Zwift on a one-hour ride suggests that actually this 10 to 20% of the population are disabled. A larger proportion of them are in Zwift than in the population as a whole. Yes, I mean, that might be a dangerous extrapolation, but I, but I do think that there is definitely some justification for thinking that way because, of course, in some senses, um, the challenges that disabled or differently able people face to ride in real life can be a little easier to overcome in Swift. Well, I mean, you know, we could go on about this for ages because I think we're, we're we're both in 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 danger of agreeing violently on this subject. Uh, and you've decided to do something about it, which is to get people who support this campaign to to ride in a specific kit and uh, and to add some words to their name. I've explained that to, to the listeners before this interview, so we don't need to go into it again. Do you, do you do you think it might it might cause some ripples? And I mean, obviously, obviously, you hope it will. I hope it will, and certainly the reaction I've had on social media, and, and it's not just me. There are a number of other people who are actively pushing this in the US, in Germany, elsewhere. Um, so it's going out on all channels as social media. Um, as I say, it's been received generally. 90, 95% or more, very, very well. And people are saying, yes, they want to get involved. And all we want to do is to bring it to people's attention. Well, listen, uh, you know, I have been banging on about this for years and I, I've raised it at very senior levels of the company and, you know, positive noises have been made. But what your your campaign does is it allows me to, uh, it provides me to have an excuse um, to have another go at them about it. So can I just say the very, very best of luck with the campaign? Thank you very much. And Going the other way, anyone who wants to join us on a ride with through Help for Heroes or through the Invictus Game Foundation, we're there on Swift, regular events on Sundays and Wednesdays. You'd be more than welcome. Well, I've got some interesting things to say about what Zwift is now doing in this area. They have actually told me. But before we get to that, I think, Shane, that RGT, uh, their move, I think it embarrassed Swift, actually. Or if it didn't, maybe it should have done. No, I'm not quite sure it embarrassed them. But first of all, kudos to Andy for this campaign and also kudos to you, Simon, as well, for having discussions internally with people who can make these decisions. So that's that's excellent to hear. This has been, that process has been followed. Um, yeah, I'm surprised it's not there already. I'd love to see it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a scene that I've seen race here at the Nationals in Ballarat and those athletes, are, they train harder than anybody you can believe. So oh, they're amazing. Have them, they are have amazing. Them represented in game. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, my question, I guess, around is, and I'd have to pose this to, I guess, either Zwift or the adaptive athletes is, could we also ride their bikes just as they can ride ours and represent it? Is there something we could do um, in that space? Or is that, I mean, it's a touchy subject. Is that embarrassing for them? Is it, is it not appropriate for me to ride one of their bikes? Or, I mean, I wouldn't mind jumping on a little hand cycle. And well, that, that, no, there's no reason that a fully abled athlete can't ride a recumbent. Lots of people do generally yeah, with yep. beard, with beards and a slightly eccentric attitude to life. But, you know, that's, <laughs> uh, 
that's fine. That's fine. So I, I don't yeah, think so that's, but, a, that's, a, that's a particular issue. Now, could yeah. could we use their bikes to cheat? Well, I don't oh, know, low, I don't low CDA, those things fly. But my, my next question is, would they have a Tron bike? And would Simon also ignore <laughs> getting that Tron bike? Simon? Listen, I climbed the Alp the other day. I climbed the Alp the other day on that Rafa Rising thing. Can I just make note, 38 minutes it took to get a Tron bike reference in there? Let me just note that in the cast listeners. Can we just say, Shane, it took me longer than 38 minutes to get up the Alp. Um, and speaking of getting up hills, Nathan, I mean, I actually got overtaken in real life on a climb by on a French mountain by a cyclist with one leg. And, you know, ever since that, I have harboured such an admiration for these people. They are, and I, I, the problem with, when you talk about this is you can sound patronising. I really don't mind to, mean to sound patronising. But whenever I see an adaptive athlete out in real life, I am just, my, I, I am just beyond admiration for, for what they do. It's just incredible to see. And representation in, in in real life and representation in games, I mean, it's really is a big issue for, for this constituency of people. Yeah, I mean, so when I think about, I want to first talk to what you said about the admiration because for some reason over the last couple of years, I've had a lot of interaction with adaptive athletes and um, because of that interaction, I've just had for some reason, like the relation of how much I've sacrificed in my pro career toward the bike and the recognition of how much more they have. And like, yeah. and, and that, and knowing how much heart that I've put in and time and just all the different ways that I was continually thinking and getting creative with and just demolishing myself and then thinking of how much more it brings me, it like brings me to tears sometimes like thinking about it and watching it and commentating on individuals that are coming in. And then I got to read this name rather than see it. I have to read it in their name. Like they have to put it in. I am on a hand side. I, da, da, da. It's like, mm-hmm. why do they have to put that there? They shouldn't have to put that. It's there. not right. But then the issue yeah. that Shane brought up is one to think about because then should we be able to ride them? I don't know. Because it is kind of, to me, it's like a badge. It's like a, it's like a badge of honor. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, and, good point. and so I don't know if we should be able to, um, but I don't want to have to say, figure out that they're an adaptive athlete. I mm. want them to be represented for the, how awesome they are with some avatar in game and not something written next, you know, next to their name in game. And they have to go and put that in to yeah. let everybody know. It feels Very like this point. weird, I don't, like there's something that doesn't feel right about it, that they have to even do it that way. So yeah, yes. that's my take on that. And I'm a hundred percent with you there, Simon. Like I seriously get really like emotional about it, honestly. So it's, it's awesome. Uh, no, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm not a man who is moved more m- m- easily moved, to be honest. I'm a cynical old git at times. Yeah, but when I see, but when I see somebody out on a bike on one, like, I, 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 honestly, I find it incredibly emotional. And, and, and listeners, you know, if you just want to, but just put yourself in that position. Get on your trainer and try pedaling on one leg. You know, you will last like ninety seconds, and and that just gives you some idea of what these what 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 these guys achieve. It is absolutely incredible. Anyway, so as I said during the interview with Andy, this gave me an excuse to um, to have another go at, at, at Zwift, and and I did. I had a, a number of long conversations, and those conversations were then followed up at a high level in the company. And this is what I found out. So stuff is happening um, in in a very Zwifty-like manner. It's been happening for some times, but they've just not told us about it. Um, 
So the company's chief product officer, YC, has a very keen personal interest in this area outside of, of Zwerty supports charities connected with it. Uh, and the other thing apparently is that staff at HQ on the internal channels there are being very, very vocal. There is a lot of pressure on the company from its own staff to sort this out. I'm told it's a very, very hot topic. Uh, Zwift have been working in partnership <clears throat> excuse me, with a charity in this area, the Challenged Athletes Foundation. They've actually made a pretty substantial donation to them, and they've carried out a big survey to scope out the, the issue. There are, of course, many forms of disability which the game will eventually need to accommodate. Uh, some of them are invisible, as, as, as Andy said. I mean, it's very easy to spot what the guy on one leg, but... You know, uh, some people have invisible um, disabilities and how do you represent those? So there are, <clears throat> excuse me again, there are lots of things to think about in this and the, and it's not as simple as, as it outwardly appears, as, as is often the case. Anyway, there's a 30-page document now circulating which uh, summarises the um, findings of uh, the survey and other work that Zwift have done and that is the basis for recommendations about to be made to the Zwift product team and the priority is going to go towards the biggest numbers of differently abled athletes using the platform. Initially, that will be hand cyclists, but other needs are going to be catered for down the line. So there is definitely stuff happening here. Um, there's going to be a detailed roadmap uh, decided as early as next month. And I think at that point, Zwift will start talking about it public, publicly. So well done, Zwift. They are actually doing something about this, but... Um, when you look, when you start to analyse what needs to happen, of course, it just becomes more and more and more more complicated and, and in-depth, and they feel that they don't want to rush into anything, and when they do it, they want to do it properly. So, fair enough. That makes me happy, um, as I'm sure it will, all those who support Andy's campaign and ride alongside him. Ride on! Right, okay, well, let's go back to racing. Um, let's talk one of those things that ruins the racing experience for many Zwifters. Yes, it's those pesky sandbaggers. Well, finally, after six years, HQ is making what looks like a pretty serious attempt to clamp down on the people who deliberately or accidentally enter raters in categories below their abilities, trash the field, ruin the race, and then somehow, at least the ones who do deliberately, manage to live with themselves. The key figure at Zwift designing and implementing this system, which is now being tested in a series of races, is Flint McInnes. So let's talk to Flint to find out more. Hey, Flint. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'd kind of wished you were called Daniel because you're so often in the lion's den. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sometimes uh, I definitely think that would have been a better app descriptor. Can we walk it back and then I'll just change my name to Daniel really fast? <laughs> anyway, uh, Flint will be well known to people who hang around in forums, hence the reference where um, he often meets a fairly tough crowd. But anyway, we'll get to that later. Uh, you, you are worse, still are a racer in real life, I think, weren't you? Um, I was at one stage, yeah. I moved back up to Seattle recently so that I could get back to skiing because my primary background in sport is uh, ski racing from when I was extremely young. So cycling was a holdover until I could get back to the mountains. But yes, I've raced my bike uh, quite a bit. Seattle, the only place in the world that's wetter than Yorkshire, I think. How long have you been with, uh, how long have you been with Zwift? 
Um, I have been at Zwift um, about two and a half years, thereabouts. For those not aware of this experiment to make uh, racing a little more fair, just, just give us the elevator pitch. When you join an event, you have the option of uh, any category to join, basically A, B, C, D, uh, and sometimes E. Uh, and in a competitive setting, this open category creates a lot of problem uh, because people can sandbag. So the idea behind category enforcement was to take a couple metrics on the power curve that we collect uh, from ride data as people do their activities in Zwift and then prevent them from joining a category that would be too easy for them based on that ride data. And we are also not saying that you can only join one category. We give you a minimum uh, and then we allow you to race up if you wish, because that was something that I always believed in when I was riding my bike a lot was, um, you know, maybe you want to go for a challenge and you want to race, you know, with the with the bigger folks, so to speak. Those sandbaggers, which, of course, is what this is is aimed at, they're difficult dogs to keep on the porch, Flint, those fellas and uh, ladies. I bet it's mainly fellas, actually. But um, could, could, could this be the death knell for sandbaggers? I mean, how effective do you think this will be? Uh, if not the death knell, hopefully, you know, the first ominous drumbeat or so, right? Like, it's pretty much Wild West out there right now. And I really believe that we can start to make the right moves uh, to help people race in a place where they will bring about fair competition, right? So when you say death knell, right, like you can take that two ways. Death knell could be punitive. Um, and then the other part is that it could be death knell because it will simply go extinct. I personally don't believe in punitive measures when it comes to bike racing unless somebody is like, you know, egregiously in need of it. It isn't the end of sandbagging by any means. I mean, Zwift still has a long way to go. I think we all kind of know that, right? Like there are things that you can kind of get away with to spoof your numbers in a bunch of uncertain terms. But yeah, it's it's one step in the right direction, which I'm hoping will snowball quite quickly into more steps in a better uh, defined direction, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And and just, you know, let's respond to those uh, or let me allow you to respond to those blowhards in the in the forum. You know, why not autocutting? The reason that we didn't go with autocutting right out um, and why we may not honestly ever do it. I don't have a great sense of direction for that at the at this moment in time. The way that I've always seen it is don't want it to be something that you would just be kind of shoved into a race and you don't necessarily understand why, nor is it something that's always on. It's more, I don't believe that we are in a place at Zwift at the moment with the current um, way that the platform works and the landscape of hardware and the ways that you can cheat and all these factors coming into play that kind of spurred category enforcement, you know, now. Uh, and the desire has been there for many years. I don't believe that we're in a place where we could accurately uh, nor confidently deliver folks an experience that feels right in an automatic sense. I really don't feel that we have the tools right now from a platform standpoint to be able to make that happen. Like I said, this is one direction. So I didn't want to try to bite it all off in one go. Good, honest answer. Um, some events have already taken place. It might be too early to to take any learnings from them, but but have you? We're collecting feedback early on. It's not too early, I don't think. What I had hoped to find was that people would say, yeah, this is great. The races feel fairer already. And some people are saying that. And other people are saying like, hey, it didn't really shake up much for me. I can see how it helped for other people. But the biggest win, I think, for us at this stage is that the folks in the C&D categories, um, 
who are either coming back from injury, just getting on the bike for the first time, aren't necessarily the strongest riders at a higher level. Um, anybody that's racing in CND regularly, I think are seeing the most benefit right now. The folks towards the top of the pyramid in A and B probably won't see much change. So that's the biggest piece of feedback that I'm most excited about that we currently have, which is great. So, well, you know, the greatest good for the greatest number is uh, is always good. it's always a good thing. Um, obviously, you know, obviously, it obviously is going to be an iterative process. Have you got in mind what the next step might be? And the question that Zwift has always asked: when that next step might might happen? Definitely. So there are some things that are happening really concretely. Um, starting, I think, actually in just a few days from the time of this recording, um, we're going to have a first wave followed by three or four more over the coming weeks where we give category enforcement to race organizers in the community. So that will be happening until I think like right around the end of March-ish. Um, so that's, that's great. Um, and I wanted to turn that around quickly. You know, I do have some pipe dreams. Um, I would love, for instance, I don't know if this is when this is feasible. It is certainly feasible. I just don't know when, obviously, is the other golden question that you mentioned. But I'd love for that to be something that exists in clubs, for instance, so that if you're making an event in clubs, you could just flip category enforcement on. That would be something that I'd like to look at. Two really big things come to mind, though. The one that I see a lot in the forums is, um, hey, make it results-based, you know, like based on where I finish, not based on my power. I don't disagree with that. I also have this uh, feeling that um, if we can't deliver a fair feeling race experience based on power first, which is what the entirety of Zwift as a platform is built on and every you know ranking is predicated on in this, in this platform, if we can't make that feel good, then race results have little to no bearing on anything because if people are still in there when they shouldn't be, then they could just cheat to get more points if we're doing it that way, right? Prior to that, um, I would really love, and we're tentatively like exploring it now, so I have no timeline, but I would really love to be able to follow those with power rules ahead of the race as opposed to after, which is folks on certain equipment can or cannot join this race for whatever reason, and that could be specifiable in the things that we ask people to pair. So maybe you only have to have a power meter, or maybe it's a power meter and a heart rate monitor, right? Or maybe simply no Z power allowed, right? Like that would give folks that have invested into the platform and in the ecosystem of trainers a lot more confidence that, hey, not only am I racing with folks that are in my category based on their power, they also have the hardware. So they're going to be putting out similar effort, which gives it a lot more legitimacy. Um, so that's those are the two things I'd like to do in the near future. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're exciting developments, you know, and I'm sure I'm sure they'd be welcome. Certainly that kind of pre-moderation rather than post-moderation that, that, that Zwipower does sounds, you know, I think that will be extremely well received. Well, it's really, really great to hear the guy behind the username in the forum. It really is. And uh, uh, some really interesting stuff there, Flint. I'm very pleased that you came on to the, to the Zwipcast to talk about it. Thanks very much, mate. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you, everybody who, who helps us do what we do. I appreciate it. Nathan, simple question. Is this going to work? Yeah, I think it's going to work. Now, is it going to work on all of the uh, courses, all of the races that are out there? You know, there's a lot of different kinds of races, a lot of different kinds of courses, but I think it's generally going to work. I think um, it will do a good job of, well, also what is going to work? A lot of this is, are people happy? You know what I mean? Like there is a little bit of that too. No, Swifters are never happy. I don't know. I don't know. The guy who's winning who's happy, so that guy won't be happy anymore. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) he's not going to be happy no more because, and then everybody else could be happy that is not that he's not winning. So, anyways, yeah. So, 
Um, yes, I think that it's going to work uh, based off of, and this might be me and my ivory tower a little bit. I totally admit that based off of current understandings of, or current like, what is discourse, the general discourse, the general thought, accepted thought about where people should be or shouldn't be. I really like what Flint said about results-based and getting there. I don't know if I agree yeah. with him um, on how that works, but that's like the coach and knowing numbers and what is, and he's the smart guy. I can just read between the lines. He's a smart guy on all this stuff. He knows his stuff, I feel like. And we could just have a cool philosophical conversation about it. I just think that we should just kind of get to the results-based side of things, but that's because maybe I've, been hanging out in real life racing up based on results, you know, and then also with gaming, I see a lot of results based ranking as well. And I'm like, that just seems to work. Let's just go that way. But I was also, I think it was hidden. I think behind the, if you read behind, between the lines, there was a little bit of, well, this is how Swifters think. So let's keep them happy too. Like they think about what is the watt per kilogram 20 minute and what is the five minute. And so let's just stick with what they know and not really like jump the boat over to this other thing. So that might be going on there as well, but I do think it's going to work in that sense. I, I you can um, measure some things. I also think it's really going to work to see where it doesn't work, which is great. Like do something yeah. right. And we'll see that, yes, yes, you know, yes. people are maybe, you know, winning. I just, the only thing that bugs me about that though, is that that might become accepted, whatever in quote unquote doesn't work. And, and because we're not going to results based, we might just accept like it's been accepted that here's A, B, C, and D. And these are the watt per kilogram based on some arbitrary thought about that. It's like, wait a second. Uh, do you know what, Nathan? Like, I, I don't think, I don't think Flint's that kind of guy. I, 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 you know, I, I really believe that he is very highly motivated. Wants the push, yeah. And I agree with that. Yeah. I heard that. I 100% heard that, and I don't think it's going to stay there. It sounded like he wants to push. I agree with you, Shane. Totally. Oh, excuse me, Simon. Yeah. Shane, um, I think this is going to sort of follow the pattern of clubs a bit, really. I mean, they had a go at this, which was very half-assed, and then that kind of fizzled out, <laughs> you know. But this looks like – and I think it is almost the same explanation that Eddie gave about clubs, that the team got distracted and all the team members got taken off it, and then there was the plague, and, you know, it just it, – other stuff <laughs> got in the way. I, I think this actually might be following the same pattern, and that now Flint, who is obviously – super highly motivated to get this sorted out. I think he's got a team. I think he's been given resources. And I, I, it, this feels as though it is the first step of, of a journey that is going to evolve relatively quickly. And they're very serious about doing something about this now. Yeah, look, improving the experience based on your historical data gets me excited. Um, I uh, When I found out a little bit more behind the scenes of how they're doing things and where they're taking this in the future – it's going to be a step forward regardless. Uh, rather than just the cookie cutter A, B, C, D, um, here you go, suck it up. Um, making this dynamic in the future, let's just yeah, have a bit of a future think about where this could go. Different races require different energy systems and you've got different power profiles for different you know, different things. A, a sprinter is not going to go too well up a, up a climb and a climber is not going to do too well in a sprint. Um, so this is super cool. Uh, hopefully we hit the accelerator on this one. It sounds like we're hearing all the good words, all the right words. 
in the right order. So <laughs> let's just see where they take this. Um, I, I can see already. Uh, look, the, the vocal minority are, are out and about on this one again. I, I, you know, I've been I've been ranked up already. I know um, Eric from uh, Zwift Insider. He's an A grade racer. Wear that like a badge. That's awesome. Um, but that does mean things get hard. Look, bike racing is always hard. It's it's never easy. You ask anybody who's won a race, and if they've ever said, oh, yeah, that was easy, doesn't happen. So, look, I think this is pretty cool. Let's see how that goes. Uh, the systems are smarter than us, so let the systems make the decision. And, again, can I refer back to something we talked about before, which is the trainer road thing? They've got a lot yeah. of data, a lot yeah. of data yeah. on hand. Just to mine that, even though it's erg mode data, it's still human performance data on the equipment that people are using. That would be brilliant. And I'm sure the data nerds are like frothing at that. So again, just in summary, given that they're making decisions based on historical data, it's going to be correct, or well, as correct as it can be, um, and move things forward. I'm all for this. I can't wait to see where it goes. Yep, yep. Very, very, very encouraging developments. Watch out, sandbaggers. They're coming for you. Right on. Okay, well, a couple of days, the Zwift eSports World Champs endorsed by the UCI happened on the New York course. Here's what went down at the finishes of the respective races. Hello and welcome to the 2022 UCI Cycling eSports World Championships, the second edition of this, the newest of the UCI-sanctioned world titles. Playing the featherweight pair of 100 metres to go now. Zoe Langham also there too, but it's going to be Lewis Anna Haste, I think, is going to take this one. She surges clear. What a brutal turn of pace by the rider from the Netherlands. And with it, she takes the title. Lewis Anna Haste is the 2022 UCI Cycling eSports World champion. Austrian Osborne, the defending champion of Germany, is in the lead. Ben Hill not too far behind, but look who's coming up. Ben Hill, Jay Vine also there. This is the last steep section of the climb. 150 metres to go. Jason Osborne churns his way up at the top of this climb. Just coming up. It's Rainer Kaplinger. It's closing. Just coming through. This is Jay Vine. Jay Vine is coming through for Australia. Vine is there. Looks like Vine is going to take it on the line. Jay Vine is the world champion. Jay Vine, the winner of the Zwift Academy. Okay, fellas. Well, on my script here, it says discussion of coverage, which I'm going to do. Um, uh, we'll get to the almost fairy tale story of Jay Vine winning, actually, which was a great, great story. But I'm going to have a bit of a rant here. And. Um, yeah, off we go. Okay. So I, I tried to, well, I did watch this. I watched all of it in its entire duration. I was flipping between platforms, trying to find a stream quality, which did not date from 1985 and looked as though it would been recorded and recorded and re-recorded on a series of VHS tapes. The resolution of the stream uh, where in my part of the world, which was Girona, Spain, was absolutely awful. I mean, kind of shameful, actually. How a flagship event like that can have a stream quality that low, I, it, it, it beggars belief to me. I just cannot see how that can be allowed to happen. There were lots of comments on the stream saying the same thing, but there were a number of comments from other people saying, my, my quality is fine, so let's just do a little experiment here. How was it for you, Shane? What was your stream quality like? I don't know what potato you were watching on, but mine was fine. <laughs> I was fine. watching on was my new M1 Mac, was... for God's sake, you know? There's your problem. No native client for that silicon. <laughs> Jeez, you should have known better. Uh, no, no. Um, look, I'm not sure. I, I spun it up on the Apple TV here in the um, the living room on the big screen. Uh, no problems whatsoever. I do have some commentary around, you know, 
quick turn that camera back the other way or show us a bit more on the screen. But quality-wise, uh, not a problem. Weird. What about you, Nathan? Um, I did see – so I could watch it fine, but there was – it did seem to be like a fuzz yeah. that was there that I wasn't sure it – was, it, I don't know if it was a quality – issue or what was going on there but i was able to watch it uh on the youtube uh definitely on twitch it looks completely fine to me i think so because i had a couple i could bring up a couple of different feeds we were actually doing a watch party on zcl uh with myself and reese howell who is the ds for new zealand during the women's race and then anna russell came in who is also the ds for new zealand during the men's race and we just had like a watch party where we just talk about live reaction to the broadcast that was going on so i had to watch it and um the youtube i did it, it was weird. I don't know what it was. I did pick up on something, but it didn't feel like a a quality issue. But maybe that was just because it was enough for me to to see what was going on. Um, and maybe it had trouble going to certain parts of the world. I don't know because I did see a lot of comments, like a ton of no, there were a ton of comments. Of, there were a lot of comments. No, that there came were a lot of complaints as well. Like, what the heck? Why yeah. does it look like? Um, Nintendo 64 coming up. That yeah. just looks like Nintendo 64. Uh, so. I, yeah, I just, you know, there was something going on. I don't know what it was, but I, I just don't understand how that can be allowed to happen on such a flagship event. Elsewhere, you know what? That leaderboard just doesn't work for me. I mean, it does not work for me. When I can look at the stream, when I can, you know, actually see through the fuzz and see that somebody is clearly in front of the race and the leaderboard says they're not, it's like, why put that leaderboard up? Why put a leaderboard up that conflicts with what you can see is happening in front of your very eyes, you know? And uh, the leaderboard does eventually update, but by the time it updates, then the position at the front of the race has changed again. So you've got a conflict between the graphics and the real live action. And again, sorry, Zwift, that's just not working, okay? It's not working. So find another solution because that is just not working. Didn't work for me at all. And, and I would have expected now that that, that you know, that level of, of, of technical ability should have progressed. We were seeing that last year and the year before, and we're still seeing it. And to me, it just doesn't work. I also think it's in completely the wrong position on the screen, in that kind of central screen, in the right position. That is often the kind of direction of the race. So you get this inaccurate leaderboard obscuring the action. I... I wasn't happy, as you can tell. I wasn't happy at all. Uh, but anyway, that's my run over. Uh, the racing was good. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I'm going to move on to the racing. Um, the the <laughs> Jay Vine story, uh, Shane, is fantastic. Absolutely oh, yes. fantastic story. And, yep. and uh, uh, that was a big, big effort of his in the last in the last 500 metres. And, you know, winner of the Zwift Academy, on the podium at World Tour Stage Races, I actually saw him injury. He lives in Girona. I actually saw him going out on his bike for a ride the other day, uh, and now he, he he wins this. I mean, that's a great story, isn't it? And, of course, he's an Australian. He, yeah. He's a good human. Uh, Bree and his wife and, and Jay moved over there. They sort of packed up and went, let's just try and make something of this. Um, and it's it's the new generation coming through. I'm super stoked to see him. He's an Aussie. Um, like, I was shouting at the TV. Look, I've watched a lot of Zwift racing, and I've been involved in the early days, and Nathan and Simon, yourself, you were shouting into some of the racing I was doing. I was shouting just as hard back watching Jay these days, and, uh, yeah, well, the other day winning that race. Um, we thought the winner from last year, I've, his name, you know, 
departs my mind at the moment. I thought, oh, he's got that wrapped up. Osborne. Then someone Osborne. else came through and then Jay. Osborne. Osborne. Yeah, Osborne. I, I thought, yeah, he's got that. Right at the end, there was a move made and then Jay comes through and I was off the couch. Little Max, who's two and a half, was wondering what dad was doing, bouncing around, <laughs> like yelling at the TV. Um, absolutely brilliant racing. So um, anyhow, yeah, just, yeah. A great story, a great story. And Jay is a good, good guy. So, cool Yeah, say. there's a nice kind of circularity to that story, winning the Academy and then and then winning the World Champs. But also... But it goes deeper. It goes deeper than the Academy, actually. And a lot of people don't know this. And I just want to interject. I've got commentary after commentary from Pat Shaw saying it's the Vine Show from four years ago. Like, this guy came out of the community. Like, a lot of people only know him from Zwift Academy, but him and Bree have made their cycling careers through Zwift, like, like in a lot of different ways. Like they were a part of so many ZCL broadcasts when we started covering Australia, all of a sudden there's this couple and Pat, Pat Shaw kept on saying the Vine show. I just remember it's the Vine show because they were winning everything uh, early on. And then here's Jay after this four years and then winning Zwift Academy. It is such, like you said, the Cinderella story. And I was freaking out at the watch party, freaking out when I saw him go across the line, like, off my whatever i was out of my seat pretty much like screaming at the at the at the uh microphone everybody probably thought i was going crazy so it was it was awesome really i just wanted to highlight that as well that um and something i'd said during uh the broadcast leading up to world championships as well as during the the watch party was that zwift now this year is going to show the discovery process you have when you have such a large pool of people coming into the same space to, to discover talent. And I think Jay just hits that right on the bullseye, honestly. It's so cool to see. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if, if you're a fan of World Tour Racing out on the road, watch, watch Jay Vine. He had a great season last year, a really, really good season for a – I'm not sure if it's a Sajier, but he's certainly a very uh, unblooded racer on the road. He had a terrific season. Um uh, Nathan, the women's race was better than the men's race. Fight me. Ooh. The women's <laughs> race was better than the, well. I thought it was I more mean, exciting. USA. It was more exciting, but <laughs> partly because of those suicidal attacks from the yeah, American it wasn't team. Until, yeah, so it wasn't until the final, what, like lap, I think, right, that the attacks actually started doing anything in the men's race. Otherwise, it was just Grupo Compacto. But in the women's race, uh, the USA team just was trying to set something up like over and over and over again. Anna made a really good point afterwards uh, she, when she came into uh, the commentary with us was like, they should have sent two up the road because then it would have, if just the single rider up the road just wasn't going to make something happen. Maybe they were trying to get someone to come with them because that's what you saw in the men's race. But it seemed like in the women's race, there was a lot more timidity and they were kind of like not wanting to do a lot in the pack, but there was definitely this instigation, but it was really only team USA. Like they were the only ones who were really making anything happen, which made things exciting, but nothing stuck. Nothing really, uh, you know, stuck. And they ended up with, I think a fifth for it with Van Howling, I believe, which is great. But I think they had a lot higher hopes uh, at, at the end of the day, though. I want to also say in the women's race, super exciting. But I think that race was lost by a misused power-up earlier in – lost by another individual. Not, not taking anything away from Adagis. It might have went to the line toe-to-toe. But I think Zoe Langham, she didn't have a feather power-up. She had used it on Harlem Hill earlier. And when they were going to the line, I said, Zoe's got this. 
And then I noticed there was no feather power up and all that speed that Adagis brought to the line was with that feather power up. And I think they probably would have went toe to toe, but Zoe really had a, had a shot at that still. So it goes to show how important the correct use of the in-game features were at the right times for sure too. Yeah. Yeah. It was an exciting race, women's race. I, I really, I, I enjoyed it more than the men's race actually for sure. Okay. But sort the coverage out, Swift. God, you know, I mean, it's, t- it's time for this to get a bit better to, 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 to justify the action, apart from anything else. Okay, I'll shut up about that now. Uh, and we have the event coming up. There's music to the ears of those looking to level up faster and swift. The Tour of Utopia. Yes, it's double speed points, folks. Five stages starting at March the 9th. Get signed up. Okay, well, we've still got two more things to discuss, actually, uh, and maybe more, because there's a little bit on the end of the script that says any other business, champs. But let's move on to two new hardware products from Wahoo. They've just been released. Not something we've heard much about in the past couple of years. New hardware hardware announced and available, that is. Um, The rollers are a sort of smart, uh, more on that from Shane coming up. They work by allowing you to clamp the front of the bike and put the back wheel on, well, rollers, which are then attached to a flywheel. Uh, they're going to be easier to ride than traditional rollers because the front wheel is clamped. Um, there's also a new set of power pedals out from Wahoo. Uh, you've got the usual excellent review over on YouTube, Shane, of both products. However, let's just confine our discussion to this because, you you know, your review covers the, the technicalities. I, I, I don't... I don't see who is actually going to buy this bit of kit, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> why would you? There's no power meter inbuilt to it because uh, rollers are really bad at this. Uh, at that, I, Who's going to buy it and, and why would you? Yeah, this is the issue. Having to explain a product to the core audience is a bit of a problem. Um, Look, it has a few use cases that I brought up at the end of the video and they're use cases that may not apply to look a lot of us who have already got smart trainers or uh, wheel-on trainers. And that is that the simplicity of it. That's the angle they're going for. It's the, you could just roll up with a bike, put it on there. I, I was, I've, I actually, the first time my front wheel touched the system or the touch the, the trainer, and then I was pedaling, it was nine seconds. That's how fast it is to put it on and get going. And that's any bike as well. So you don't need to change rear cassettes. If you've got a 12 speed, a 10 speed, 11 speed, an eight speed. If you've got a track bike, if you've got a TT bike, if you've got all those different things you've got to work around with, uh, with direct, drive trainers um, don't apply to this. And even with wheel-on trainers, you've got to have the right through axle adapter nowadays, which makes sure it doesn't hit the frame. And that can also be a problem. So the simplicity is what they're going for. Use case, what we've seen uh, in in uh, a few of the media stuff already with this is the Track World Cup, uh, where somebody else has come in and set that up for them. And the track riders just wheel their track bikes up that have the, you know, the screw-on rear wheels with the horizontal dropouts. They're a pain in the ass to uh, change wheels on, so they won't be using direct drives anytime soon. Uh, jump on, spin, go. Um, also at the Worlds, the World Championships, uh, riders can rock up with their bikes in full race setup. To, you know, just jump on, go, race tire pressures, pull them off and go. Again, this is the professional level though. Um, also, another thing at the professional level, once you've had your bike scrutinized, uh, I looked at you cannot make any modifications to that bike. Even removing the rear wheel could be questionable. You know, you might be doing something different. So that can also get people in trouble. So there's a really weird use case over in the corner. For the home user, look, I'm sure there's a market out there who don't want to be mucking around with, you know, taking a wheel off or putting this on or changing this adapter. So it's there for them. It doesn't replace anything in the Wahoo lineup. 
that's a good thing. So it's not replacing the snap. It's not replacing the core. Um, I think this, this appears to be what I've called in a few different places, the Homer Simpson car of trainers. I think they looked at something like the um, Feedback Sports Omnium, which is super portable, super light, does the same kind of thing without any um, smarts at all. Um, and Wahoo may have gone, hey, look, that looks a really, like a really good idea. Let's just add this and let's add this and let's add this and let's change this and let's make this better. And at the end of the day, they sort of get to a product where it might not appeal to the original audience that was sort of going to market this ad. Having said that, it provides resistance, um, does erg mode, it does sim mode, it has some half smarts. Um, also, just some technical um, information on why it doesn't have a power meter is because it's almost too hard to have a power meter on a set of rollers because there's so many variables. Um, with a wheel-on trainer, the roller is pressed up against the tire and that remains relatively stable. That, that pressure and that spin down and your power numbers are pretty good or pretty even throughout your ride. If the spin down is done correctly on this, if you're riding in the drops and then you sit up and put more pressure on the back, your watts goes up or your watts goes down. So the resistance goes up, resistance goes down, and therefore your watts, watts change. So things are really, really hard. People are saying, why for this price? Why didn't they put a power meter in there? I tell you what, for this price, <laughs> putting a power meter in there would have caused more problems. So look, it's not for everyone. It's it's a product that you can select. And as I said in my video as well, if you walked into a store that had the all of the kicker range set up, so the, the snap, the roller, the core, and the, the proper kicker, the again, high-end kicker, and the kicker bike, I can see people looking towards the roller saying, hey, cool i'm not much into cycling i've you know money's not a, not a problem for me i don't want the bike but that takes me nine seconds to get the bike on and less to get the bike off cool i'll go with that so it's an option is it for everyone as i said probably maybe not. i mean maybe it's more just a, a marketing device to get the wahoo name out there you can see that certainly at you know big grand tour races where the riders are perhaps warming up for the tt that the appeal of being able to drop a bike onto this in nine seconds uh, to the teams would be enormous um, and as you say, avoiding kind of scrutineering questions as well. And it gets the Wahoo name, you know, out there because you always get shots of, of the riders warming up uh, and, and in fact, you know, increasingly, well, standard now, warming down uh, after, even after a long mountain mm -hmm. stage. You, 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 that's a good point. Yeah, yeah the warm yeah. down. Yes, yes, we see that quite yeah. a bit now. So maybe, maybe that's what it is. I, I don't think it's something that the average drifter would think. I've, I must have that. But, you know, it adds to the glittering array of products that you can use to ride indoors. So uh, more power to them, I guess. But uh, it's not one I think would be top of my list to buy. Okay. Speaking of power, hey, we have to talk about the pedals. We have to talk about the pedals. They just work. I was so surprised. Again, they're a version one of the product. This is the Speedplay pedals everybody's been waiting for. I've had them for 12 months because the, the, the delay in release wasn't due to them getting it right. It was, again, supply chain issues. So they've had them right for a very, very long time. So uh, myself and even Ray, uh, DC Raymaker, we got to release a long-term review on release day, which is very, very rare. We've had them for quite some time. Uh, the numbers are good, really, really good indoors and out. As good as my favorite pedals in the world, the Asiomas. Absolutely. They were on. On par, both on-road, off-road, and indoors. They did very, very well. So, again, with the resources Wahoo have, uh, they got it right, which is really, really good to see. So, happy with mine. Um, I'm not the biggest Speedplay fan, but I'm, I'm slowly coming around to sort of stepping on a dog poo and clipping in. That's that's the that's how you have to do it. You sort of squish it down and it snaps in somehow. <laughs> I, I, it's funny you should say that. I did that the other day in my cleats. I stepped on and, dog poo. Uh, I hadn't realised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 and I got back and I put my shoes in, as I always do, because I'm very neat in my cycling uh, habits. I put my shoes away in the cupboard oh, no. and I opened the cupboard door a, a day later and it was like, oh, no. smell? 
<laughs> and can I just tell you, getting that stuff out from oh, cleats? No. Oh no. That's no fun. Uh, that is no fun at all. No fun at all. Okay. Uh, uh, we diverge. Right. Finally, let's talk about Peloton. Well, why are we interested? Well, I guess Swifters just are, really. I mean, mainly because they can be quietly complacent that they haven't knelt at the expensive altar of the Church of Peloton. Swift is better and Swift is cheaper. This we know. Nevertheless, interested is what we are, and there's been a lot of Peloton-related news these past few weeks. So for those who've not been following it... The CEO, John Foley, has been booted upstairs to the position of executive chairman, although he still has a lot of control of the company. And there's been a big wave of layoffs, I think, with almost 3,000 Peloton employees now looking for a new job. Alongside that, there's been a lot of what looks like to be well-informed commentary of just how much money Peloton wasted as its meteoric growth skyrocketed during the pandemic. Uh, a planned man of apparently they were throwing away bikes if they had a scratch frame. I just I literally throwing them away. Unbelievable. A planned manufacturing facility in Ohio has been scrapped, and there's now a new CEO in post. Interestingly, in his public comments, he's identified content as the way to revive the fortunes of the company. Um, long been known as the way to grow a platform, a swift content. The share price is on the floor, and there have been rumours that the big boys like Nike, Apple and Amazon have been sniffing around to buy Peloton. Frankly, it's a bit of a mess. But there could be some interesting learnings here for Zwift, Shane, because as they move closer to the Peloton model with the upcoming launch of hardware, and, you know, Steve Beckett's comments at CES does suggest that they are definitely looking uh, at the benefits of moving to one payment per month for the hardware, for the platform, and, you know, that's what Peloton do. Should Zwift be looking on with scary interest at the mess that Peloton have made of a previously very successful company. Uh, yeah, not my area of expertise, but let me let me give it a crack. Let me give it a shot. I think what we're seeing is a correction. Um, the hype around sitting inside, spinning away, looking at a wall or looking at somebody else spinning away as well, um, was I think a little bit too much during the pandemic. So we're just seeing it come back to normal levels. The good thing for Zwift about this happening to Peloton is that let someone else fail first, you come along and do it better. Um, is yeah. Peloton yeah. a failure? Probably not. I think they're still doing very, very well, and I'll still continue to do very well. Again, I've just cracked an, an overhyped market, an overhyped price, a share price, and probably some planning that and some and some internal mistakes, oh, well, some bad internal yeah, that, that mistakes. they're being documented as well. So look, I'm, I'm all for the, for Peloton failing for on a number of fronts, which I don't need to go into. Um, but look, I still think it's a beautiful model. Uh, it's you know everything all in one, one price, and I, I do, would like to see Zwift move towards this. And I'd like to see Zwift just get a small piece of their pie because if you look at their numbers, they're still pretty big. Um, but again, I, I'm not too stressed about this. Um, the entire market in this space is going down. What are we seeing? Netflix, Zoom. We're seeing all the the pandemic uh, heroes sort of flatten down and, and come back to ground. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, so yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm not too stressed about this. Yeah, but unfortunately, Peloton has crashed into a crater, whereas, uh, you know, Netflix is just gently drifting down on a parachute. <laughs> um, I think that's the difference. Yeah, it? we'll see. But uh, look, better them than us. 
Well, better than than Zwift, I guess. So let's let's let's, yeah, let's well, see yeah. And Zwift, and that's that's my point yeah. to address with you, uh, Nathan. Peloton's rate of churn, even now, is tiny. I mean, I've seen figures that says their customer retention is at ninety nine percent. People do not cancel their Peloton subs once they've got a Peloton sub. They, now, whether they use it or not is a different matter, but that doesn't matter to the company. You know, they do not cancel their subs. The customers absolutely love the products, and, and still the company appears to have screwed it up. But the difference is Zwift has said from day one that they are building slowly for the long term. So, you know, is Peloton a kind of classic case of a passing fad and Zwift is the the steady eddy. And and certainly, as Shane said there, judging on the kind of post-pandemic effects, you know, Peloton has crashed to earth. Zwift has been steady eddy. Okay, they haven't had the meteoric growth that they had, but neither have they dropped off, you know, a zillion users when the pandemic has, has drifted towards an end. Um, so uh, has, has Zwift, has we've done better post-pandemic than Peloton? I must, you know, <laughs> looking from the outside, the answer is a fairly easy answer to that question, isn't it? But is that because Swift has 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 grown grown slower and been a bit more methodical, which sometimes annoys us, of course, because it's been kind of slow in certain areas of development. You know, has has Swift's model here triumphed over the Peloton kind of? skyrocket yeah, I mean, low growth is good growth you know like there isn't going to be this um temptation to quickly grab onto certain things um that could like you just said so okay i'm going to back this up and say the mistakes were made it sounds like but it doesn't have anything to do with the user retention you just said right so it had more to do with the spending that happened with projections it sounded like there was 3,000 people doing something that wasn't needed. It sounds like there was, you know what I mean? And so there's like all this growth, quote unquote growth, but it sounds like it was all foliage and no roots. You know, it was all show. And so, um, you know, and yeah, you're going to grab a bunch of people with the foliage, with the show, and then they're not going to, it's not going to stick though. It's not going to have that, um, the roots that are really like, these are people who are here to stick around the fad idea there. So I think that's more of what's going on there. Um, so I don't know if it's comparable to Zwift, uh, in that sense. I also think that the user that's on Zwift is not doing it to feel good about themselves. I'm just going to shout out Peloton. Sorry. Like the user, the Peloton users, like they're not going to cancel their sub because it's totally a fad. I'm like it, like in some ways, like it's totally a, not a fad. Uh, I subbed a Peloton. I must be being fit. Whereas like somebody who's on Zwift, especially it's doing it they to get ride fit. their bike. They want to ride yeah. a bike. You know, it's like yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah. as we bring in more of those users, we're converting people to cycling. Like it's not, we're not like, we're not converting people to spin classes. You know what I mean? Or to something that's a little bit more about like, I go to my morning exercise class, you know, it's like, I go to ride a bike as a sport. You're making a cyclist, whereas with Peloton, you're doing your exercise class, which can be replaced by a lot of other different exercise classes, you know? And so um, I think there's that. I think um, what Peloton's going for, got going forward, I'm just going to say it, is like Apple. It's, 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 a, it's an iconic thing. It's a, 
you know, I have, you know, your, I have my Peloton. And so maybe getting rid of the subscription alongside of what it yeah. says about you is why the retention is there alongside of that. I feel bad that I don't have it because it says that I work out even if I don't. So I just totally trolled hard, <laughs> but I just, that's just an honest thing about what I, what might be going on there for my, my head. But um, again, I think slow growth in the user base yeah. with Swift though is the right way to go. And they're doing that well. Well, I'm sure Swift will be watching the personal story with with great interest as, as they get closer to launching hardware, which we still think is going to be at Eurobike in July. Is it this year, Shane? I believe so. Back to July, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, blimey, there's been a lot in that one, hasn't there? Um, so that's it. That's it. We've we've run out of things to talk about for now. I'm sure we'll find some more by the time the next episode is up. But for now. Um, uh, we've got through a lot, and that is it. Now, summer drawing, drawing a little to an end now with you, Shane. Have you? Um, has it been a gravel summer for you, or have you been out on your road bike? Absolutely. We have three and a half hours of summer left looking at the <laughs> clock, um, and I'm, I'm done for the riding for today. So it'll be. Uh, I'll be rugging up tomorrow and heading out in the winter cold. Oh no. Um, no, it's been great. It's been a really good summer here. Um, as I said at the start of the show, there I've been uh, tackling snakes and uh, and lizards today. Um, funnily enough, it's funny that the reptiles with legs aren't as uh, aren't as scary as the one without legs. The ones without <laughs> legs that move towards you, I don't know how they move, but they do, and they're very bitey. Um, no, it's been great. It's I've had a really good time. I've used a lot of my Zwift riding or indoor riding base to go outside and just enjoy the wind in my hair, kind of the hair on my arms, anyway, and. Um, Looking forward to uh, a big winter season coming up. And was it Tour of Watsopia coming up, double XP? Does that actually – does it help us get us towards the Tron yeah, bike? Yeah, yeah, March. the Tron bike? March tonight. Maybe, Simon, yeah, bit of a hint. I'm going to pretend – I'm just going to pretend I didn't hear that at all. Nathan, is it getting any warmer in the Midwest yet? Yeah, today the snow melted like maybe an inch. <laughs> there's still snow on the ground and we had a big snowstorm two days ago everything turned to ice for a little while and then it melted a little bit today so it's definitely cold here still i think uh zero c slash 32 degrees i think was the um high today yesterday 46 Oof. so i don't know wow. what that is in celsius maybe like uh three degrees celsius or something so cold. it's cold still yeah. definitely i'll be in i'll be on the trainer until March or vacation, maybe late March, late late March, early April or vacation. <laughs> okay, okay. And are you going to race outside again this this summer? Toads on the plan. I mean, I really, really enjoyed that. So, Tour of America's Dairy Dairyland, the crit racing, really, um, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and maybe go to a couple more like that. I got to kind of figure out if I want to be mixing up mountain bike races with gravel with road focus mainly so trek just uh uh bought wars which wars might get a really big wisconsin off-road series are are what was what is or was named america's largest state mountain bike series and all of the top ranked uh riders in the nation when it came to usa cycling's rankings were all like the five of them were five out of the top 10 were always wars because it was such a competitive space and they just bought that and it might get some new invigorations so i'm like oh maybe the mountain bikes are focused i'm still figuring that out but i'll be racing for sure at a pro level this year it's somewhere somehow 
So there's also a lot of Zwifters out there like, come do this and come do that. And I'm like, <laughs> what am I going to go do? Oh my gosh. And gravel seems, seems cool. I just never done gravel for that long. Like, man, those are long events. Those are long events. But we'll, well. see. I'm glad to hear it. I know you made big strides in your uh, in your racing ambitions last year. It was good good to see you riding on the road. But let's not go into that now. Um, uh, thanks, boys. That was a pretty comprehensive look at what's been going on. Um, and we'll be back for more next episode. Uh, but for now, thanks very much indeed, and goodbye. Cheers, guys. Talk soon. See ya. As always, we'd like to point out that Zwift support the Zwiftcast and help keep it going. But it's us that decide what goes into the Zwiftcast, not Zwift. Thanks for listening. See you next time. (laughs) 